it's time to take a journey into a brand new world and come see it through different eyes. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Michael Walsh. I am your host and welcome to the very first episode of the wonderful world of Walshy Podcast. So let me just give you guys a little bit of an idea of what this podcast is going to be like. Basically, it's going to be about my life, my everyday things, some of the stuff I love to do. From sports, to my job, to life experiences, to tales of family and friends, to movies or TV shows I will love to watch. All this sort of stuff. I'm just going to be talking about my life. And hey, maybe you and I can bond over some stuff that we see along the way. Um, I'm not really sure the order of which I'm going to do this or whatever like that. Um, It's still kind of being new to me. So, for now, we're just going to... At the beginning of each episode, I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about. I'm going to say it. First off, though, if you guys want up-to-date access as to when new episodes will be dropped, I encourage you to follow the podcast on Instagram at www.pod. That's www.owpod. At that on Instagram, and you will be able to follow and understand when new episodes come about. So for today's episode, um, I waited a little bit to do this because I wanted to do this spoiler include, all spoilers include. Yes, some of you may know where I'm already going with this. A week or so ago, I went to go see the newest Marvel Cinematic Universe film that came out in theaters. Probably the biggest one or the most hyped one we've had in a long time. Yes, Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, for those of you who are not interested in spoilers, who do not want to hear anything about the movie or spoiler-wise, I encourage you guys to click off, go watch it. I encourage you because it's a great, great film. Then come back and listen to the podcast, all right? I'm giving you a chance right now. You have five seconds. Five, I'm warning you, it's a spoiler review. Four, right now, it's happening. Three, you have a little bit, click off. Two, I'm telling you right now, one, and here we go into the spoilers. So, for those of you who are sticking around and who want don't either have seen the movie and want to hear my opinion, or who don't care about the movie but want to hear my opinion of it anyway, thank you guys for sticking around. So, let's get right into it. So, I'm going to go through the film a little bit, and then I'm going to talk about some of the stuff that I liked, some of the stuff that I didn't like. Spoiler alert, first spoiler alert, there was not a lot that I didn't like about it. As a matter of fact, I don't think there was anything. For those of you guys who don't know me, my review of movies are pretty much the most popular things. I've never seen a bad movie. Now, there have been bad movies said by other people that I've seen. I've said, okay, I don't really like to look for bad things or I can't tell what bad things are or anything like that. My, I've never seen a bad movie in my humble opinion. So, what this is going to work is this. So... We're going to go through the entire movie. Then I'm going to talk about all this cool things that happen and why I think you guys should look at it. So we take this at the start of this movie. We start directly from where we ended in Far From Home, which was when Peter's identity was revealed after Mysterio's death by none other than J. Jonah Jameson, played by the same person who played him in the Sam Raimi, Tommy McGuire movies. And he has exposed Peter Parker's identity to the world of the da- from the Daily Bugle. And also framing him as individually responsible for Mysterio's death in a mass casualty event in London, which was happened at the end of the last movie. Numerous civilians are watching this in New York. And they begin they understand that MJ is actually on the street. Peter's actually on a pole to get a better view of this. 
and they start surrounding them and asking MJ questions and asking Spider-Man questions. So they have to flee from the media and from the police. In the meantime, they try to go everywhere from tall buildings to the subway. At one point, Ned calls and FaceTimes him, and he's like, dude. And Peter's like, dude. It's like one of those dude scenes that we all love. So they end up going to Peter's apartment and reunite with Aunt May and Happy Hogan, who are there also, and who I've they have now just revealed have broken up because apparently they were a thing in between the end of the second movie and the beginning of the third movie. But apparently they now broken up, which is sad. I kind of like them together. They were a funny sort of group. Um, but not long after that, the Department of Damage Control, or the DODC, take Peter, Ned, MJ, Happy, and Aunt May into custody for interrogation. And they're trying to frame him and bring up criminal charges for the death of Mysterio and for the casualty event in London. Because, obviously, they can't you know, arrest Peter indirectly in London, but because he's an American citizen, they have to do this, and it's a global-wide organization. However, Peter, knowingly, says, I need a good lawyer. Here's where the surprises and the stuff comes into play. Peter hires as a lawyer someone by the name of Matt Murdock. Now, for those of you who don't recognize that name immediately, let me tell you who. Matt Murdock is a lawyer who is blind. And his superpower is his innate senses. He has innate senses. Some of you might not know him as his regular name. Some of you might know him from his superhero name. Matt Murdock is Daredevil. This is Daredevil's first appearance in the MCU, but it's not the first time people have seen Matt Murdock in a Marvel thing. Because Netflix has produced a series on Daredevil in which Matt Murdock plays in. And so this is his first appearance going from the Netflix series into the MCU. Now, another spoiler alert. I'm not going to do a different episode on this. I'm just going to include this right now. We've seen another person from that Daredevil Netflix series already appear in the MCU literally days before this. Kingpin, who is a major, major villain in Marvel Comics, made his first MCU appearance because he was also the villain in the Daredevil Netflix series, but made his first MCU appearance in the Hawkeye Disney Plus series. So slowly but surely, we've gotten two characters from the Daredevil series into the MCU days apart. And so Murdoch is able to get Peter's criminal charges dropped. And there's this amazing, amazing part in the thing where somebody throws a brick with the newspaper wrapped around that says Mysterio was right into Peter's window. And Murdoch, looking the complete opposite way, catches it. And Peter looks at him and goes, how did you know that was happening? And Murdoch, not wanting to reveal anything, goes, I'm just a really good lawyer. But it's obviously, it was his innate sense. However, now we get to the hard part. Because Peter, MJ, and Ned, they all have to go back to Midtown School of Science and Technology, which is their high school for their senior year. They weren't really welcome with the most loving embrace. Uh, someone, actually, from if you guys ever saw the trailer for this, someone had a, a sign that says, Devil in Disguise. So Peter was bombarded as soon as he got there. But... All this controversy surrounding them forces them to get rejected from every college they apply to, including a major one that kind of comes into play later in the movie, MIT. They all got rejected from MIT. The only person who did get to MIT out of the main characters was, of course, our good friend Flash Thompson, who was rubbing it in their face and all of a sudden realizes, oh, they didn't get in. And actually, Flash is kind of, you know... 
become a nice guy throughout the three films. And so he walks away. So Peter's sitting with MJ at her job. She works at a pastry shop and Ned. They all kind of go away with this mean sort of, I don't want to say mean, that's not the right word, but just this sort of gloom and doom faces. And Peter's thinking, how the heck am I going to reverse this? Well, in MJ's pastry shop, they haven't taken away off their Halloween decorations. And so there's hanging sort of little small light up heads of wizards. And so Peter gets an idea. He goes, wait a minute. I know a wizard. I know a wizard right here in New York. So Peter takes a visit to the New York Sanctum and visits our good old friend, Dr. Strange. And he asked Dr. Strange, he said, listen, I don't know if you know this or not, or maybe you do because you're about to become the Sorcerer Supreme, but my identity has been revealed to the whole world and it's hurting my friends and I'm not doing this for me, I'm doing this for him. So we're seeing that Peter is not trying to reverse anything for his sake. He's trying to reverse it for his friend's sake, which is nice. So he asked Dr. Strange, could you cast a spell so that my identity might be a secret again? And Wong, who is also there, said, as tells Strange, you know what happens with that spell? It goes crazy. It goes haywire. Unless you do it right, many things can happen. The strange goes, all right, well, well, look at the kid. I mean, come on. Let's... And so Wong begrudgingly says, fine, but I'm not going to be a part of it. And goes through a portal. Maybe he was about to go see Shang-Chi. We'll find out later. But strange... Attempts to cast a spell in the runes of Kauf Kau, which are in the bottom of the sanctum. And it says to Peter Parker, this requires diligent silence and concentration. So you cannot say anything. Peter, of course, says, okay, fine, I will. But as strange as casting the spell, says no one will remember that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Peter comes in and goes, well, what about MJ? Fine, strange changes it. What about Ned? Strange changes it. What about Aunt May? Happy Hogan keeps insistent, incessantly altering the spell when requesting various individuals close to him be exempt from its effects. So Strange has had to change this six times, and as a result, the spell becomes unstable, forcing Doctor Strange to contain it and, you know, kind of keep this in a little box so that it doesn't explode and we don't have a break of the dimensional barrier. And so Strange asks him, let me ask you a question, Peter. If you had... If what did you look after you were told that you were not a part of all these colleges? Did it ever occur to you to maybe I don't know talk to these people? And Peter's like, wait, you mean like call them and talk to them? He was like, yes, that's exactly what I mean. And Peter looks at him and goes, no, I actually didn't think of that. And he goes, so if you're telling me that. You thought it was a good idea to come directly to me, say a spell that could have broken the dimensions of reality into a million pieces and caused a multiverse to happen, and you didn't even try to talk to these people? Peter goes, well, when you say it, it sounds a little strange, but it's so strange. He goes, you know what? You're gone. Bye. I'm, ki I'm kicking you out. You're, you're, no, no more. Don't, don't come and talk to me. And so Peter's like, well, now what I'm going to do? But then he realizes that he's not the only, he's, he, not everybody was rejected from MIT. Ned was rejected, MJ was rejected, Peter was rejected, but Flash Thompson wasn't. And so he goes, 
Look, Flash, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to tell me, is there anybody that I could talk to? And so Ned gives him a administrator who's about to leave New York, but is heading to the airport now. So Peter, literally on the Alexander Hamilton Bridge in New York, stops her and appeals that his himself, MJ, and Ned's applications, could you at least take a look? Listen. We did nothing wrong, and all I'm asking for you is take a chance and get to know us so that, you know, you don't put, just because what the other world thinks of us doesn't mean it's the right thing. And so she's listening to him, but she goes, listen, Peter, I can't do anything for you. All of a sudden, Peter's, well, in this universe, it's known as a Peter Tingle, but basically his spider sense. And that's another thing before I continue with the plot and everything like that. Tom Holland's Peter Parker his spider sense is something that we have not really touched on a lot. We've made jokes about it being like, you know, your Peter Tingle and all that, but we never really see it in an action. In this movie, we get a real sense as to what it does for Tom Holland's Peter Parker. And so, back to the plot. So, as Peter's talking to this person, his spider sense goes off. And he's like, something's, I hear screams and I hear something else. All of a sudden, we see those mechanical arms jump up onto the bridge. And all of a sudden, here's Otto Octavius, otherwise known as Doc Ock, from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. And he seems to recognize that that's Peter Parker. And so they have a huge battle where the MIT administrator is actually in the middle of it. And so it leads to Otto grabbing him and ripping out a piece of Peter's Iron Spider armor. So Peter's still wearing the Iron Spider armor right now in, in this point in the movie. But when Doc Ock rips off a piece of the Iron Spider, he transfers nanites into his tentacles. So now his tentacles have nanites in them. And when he goes for another strike, Peter Parker reveals his face. And Otto goes, wait a minute. You're not Peter Parker. He goes, what do you mean I'm Peter Parker? He's like, no, no, no. You're not the Peter Parker I know. So when he goes for another strike and he goes... You know what? For posing for him, I should just keep you now. When he goes for another one, because they're nanites and because they come from Peter's Iron Spider armor, Peter can control them. So he takes control of the tentacles with the nanites, and in doing so, rescues the MIT admin from falling off the bridge in her car. And because of that, she goes, listen, I'm going to talk to the administration. And you and your friends, out of gratitude for what you just did, we're going to understand why this is. And so when Peter tries to interrogate Otto, Spider Synth goes off again and he controls them and says, you wait here, I got something else. All of a sudden, explosion. Pumpkin bomb. Here comes the Green Goblin, also from Sam Raimi Spider-Man, who Sam Raimi was the director of Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, for those of you wondering who I keep saying his name. So he arrives and attempts to attack Peter, but before he can, they are, him and Octavius are transported into the Sanctum where there are pods where Strange has, has performed and made these pods. And so he's captured Otto Octavius in one. And Peter looks into another. And we see Lizard from Andrew Garfield's Amazing Spider-Man films. So we have Lizard. And we have Otto Doc Ock in two of the pods. He informs Peter Parker that Otto Octavius, the Lizard and Green Goblin are not from this universe, but from parallel realities within the multiverse 
who were pulled into this reality by this failed spell since they know Spider-Man's identity. So the spell did not break and have a full multiverse breakage. But when he contained it, a few snuck through. And we've seen three so far. And so in order to contain the spell, Strange locked it in a box in a mystical containment unit called the Machina de Cadavis. And so Strange looks at Peter and goes, listen, this is your problem. You have to deal with it. And so he's recruited them. He says, find these visitors. And he gives Peter a little magic upgrade to his suit so that he can send them to the Sanctum and put them in the pods. Now, with MJ and Ned saying, you know what? We are part of this too. We're going to help you out with this. So they've set up a shop in this basement. And so Peter goes looking for these visitors, anything like that. He goes to an abandoned sort of electrical field, you know, with power lines and all this other stuff. And spider sense goes off again. Here we see the first glimpse of Max Dillon, played by Jamie Foxx. Max Dillon's alter ego, Electro. And he materializes out of electricity. And he doesn't know where he is either, but he sees a Spider-Man. And of course, from Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man was used to, he thought he was his friend, but he's not. So he attacks Parker and gains the upper hand. But as he's about to strike him with electricity, a wall of earth pulls up and out of the sand, we see Flint Marco, otherwise known as Sandman from Spider-Man 3, again from Sam Raimi. And he intervenes to shield Peter from the attack. And those two work together to cut the power lines, which fully restores Max Dillon's body. And so there's a funny Jamie Foxx. And I got to say, the one thing you guys know about MCU movies, that comedy is great. This one, and I'm going to quote this. When I quote some stuff, sometimes there might be swears, sometimes they're not. So I'm not swearing on the podcast. I'm quoting here. Fox looks at them and goes, and they both look kind of confused. Like, who he is, and so what? You guys are just going to look at me confused while I stay here, bare-ass naked? And so there's some funny parts in this movie. But when, finally when they get it, he's sent to the Sanctum and put his own thing. But Flint Marco, after helping Peter, says, wait a minute, you're not my Peter. Why am I here? Did I die? Did you kill me? And so now Flint Marco is upset. But he is also captured and brought to the sanctum as well elsewhere in an alleyway we see william defoe norman osborne out of the goblin suit and if any of you have seen the, the original spider-man from toby Maguire, you know that osborne kind of has this sort of split personality where it seems like the goblin in the suit is one personality and then we have norman osborne and he's listening to the goblin so in this scene the goblin says we can rule not just one reality, but multiple realities. We do this together. Bosworth's like, I don't want any more of this. I'm done. I'm done listening to you. And the goblin goes, you're weak. You're all this. And so Osborne smashes the original Green Goblin suit. Leaves the mass or crumpled. It's a really cool vision. And he goes fleeing to feast. This is the facility for poor people that Aunt May runs, seeking refuge. So Peter Parker locates Osborne there, thanks Aunt May, brings him to the Sanctum as well, where we see the reu- we see a reunion of Osborne and Otto Octavius, which kind of leads to the fact that Osborne knows who Octavius, uh, who Octavius is and all this other stuff. And they, him along with Lizard and Maxon or Electro, soon realize that they were sparred from death 
or spared from death by being brought into this universe moments before they were thought to have perished in their realities. And so Dr. Strange explains to Peter that these three are doomed to die fighting their own Spider-Man. Because remember in the original movie, Electro literally blew up. Osborne was struck by his glider, literally impaled by his glider. And Osborne drowned with his machine. And so Strange intends to use the manga to reverse the spell and send them back to their fates for the sake of the greater multiverse. They have to die in order to keep this multiverse sane. But Peter is convinced that they can be cured of their antagonistic natures and they can be spared from death. So he steals the machina before Strange can use it and flees. Dark Strange gives chase, takes Parker's magic sort of thing they gave him to send him to the Sanctum back, sends him to the Mirror Dimension. And this is sort of the first cool thing we see of the multiverse or this Mirror Dimension where all sorts of things can become more than one. And it's sort of, it's, it's insane. But... So Strange sends him to that to try to retrieve the Maka, also trying to implore him of the multiversal stakes relying on the visitors being sent back. If they're not sent back, we could have visitors all over the place and the fabric as we know it of reality can be broken. But Peter's not on base. He thinks he can do this. So he entangles Strange in a web matrix and steals the ring, his sling ring, which is how he makes the portals and uses magic, before returning to the earthly reality. That's the funniest thing he goes. I think I just beat Doctor Strange. And I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah. So he passes the ring to Ned. He gives the ring to Ned. And he gives the box to MJ. And says, I need you guys to keep these. I'm trusting you guys with these. And releases all of the prisoners from confinement and takes them to where? Well, Happy Hogan's condominium. I hope Happy brought some extra beds because he's got a bunch of visitors. So Peter attempts to administer cures for all the multiversal refugees. And he starts... With Dr. Ock. And using a box in Happy's apartment with Stark Industries technology makes a fabricator to engineer, uses this fabricator that can make anything he wants. And he tries to engineer a replacement inhibitor chip. Because for those who remember in Spider-Man 2, the reason why Doc Ock went crazy is because the brain function that was protected by his inhibitor chip exploded the first time. So Peter makes a replacement one for his tentacles and restores Otto's higher brain function. So he's back, not he's not Doc Ock, he's back to being Otto Octavius B, who was a good man and a good doctor before he lost his brain function. In addition to that, Max Dillon, otherwise known as Electro, has a device installed into him which is designed to extract his powers. It's made basically out of, you know, small little sort of absorbital thing which could be a um, sort of an original arc reactor and he also makes a serum a reverse serum kind of like the ex the opposite of what Osborne poured in put into himself in the first film to cure Norman before he's about to do that his spider senses go off and he senses something's wrong in this apartment I don't know what it is and so he webs and kind of holds Norman there, and Norman turns his head. But as Norman turns his head, he starts laughing. That evil sort of sinister laugh that we know and love, and the Green Goblin has taken over his body. He persuades Max to remove the neutralizer before it can fully take away his abilities. And Max steals an arc reactor, and drawing his powers, blasts Otto out of the building. So now the Lizard, Sandman, and Electro have escaped, 
and the goblin and Peter are fighting, and they fight throughout the condominium, going through floor after floor after floor before they hit the ground floor. And Aunt May tries to inject the antidote into the goblin, doesn't work. She gets hit by the glider, but it looks like she just literally got clipped, so she looks like she's fine. And goblin grabs two pumpkin bombs, and Peter can't block it, and it explodes. And Peter manages to locate May in the rubble, and she looks a little distraught, but she looks okay. And Peter's like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, they're so powerful, there's so many, I can't do this on my own. And Aunt May tells him that you do not get to give up helping others despite all the odds. That's what you do, that's what we do. We help others. And for the first time in the MCU, Aunt May looks at Peter and utters the immortal words, with great power comes great responsibility. Which is a whole mind moment in the MCU because we never got that talk with Peter. Now, May all of a sudden starts to struggle, and she falls. And she goes, I just need to rest, I just need to rest. But we find out that the glider actually impaled May. And so in that rubble, in the bottom of the floor, Peter has his, what I want to say is his Uncle Ben moment, where May dies right in his arms. And he tries to save her, but no avail. And Happy arrives later on, sees that May's dead, sees Peter, but he's immediately apprehended by the DODC, or the Department of Damage Control Authorities. And Peter's world just literally came crumbling down. And grief-stricken, he flees. And in the rain, we get this amazing shot of him looking at J. Jonah Jameson, who's reporting, and says, When are we going to learn that every time Spider-Man's around, bad things happen? So Peter, his guilt is the worst it's ever been. And he just flees and goes where we don't know. We then get a shot of MJ and Ned in Ned's house. And they haven't heard from Peter. They haven't said anything. And so MJ goes, you know what, I'm going to activate it. I got, I got to do it. He said, you know, wait, but I got to do it. So, but Ned says, no, he promised we wouldn't. And I said, we got to wait. But Ned, he's like, I just wish we could see him. And he flings his arms and all of a sudden we see a flicker. Remember, Ned has the ring that Doctor Strange uses to open portals. And he opens it by accident, and all of a sudden we see Peter in a Spider-Man suit in a dark alley. And so MJ and Peter call him out and say, Peter, come here, we're here, come here. And so they call him over. However, when he comes through, it's not an Iron Spider suit, it's not his black suit, it's not his regular Far From Home suit. It's this red and blue suit striped with much bigger eyes and there's that's not tom holland's voice ned opened up a portal to another dimension and all of a sudden after the voice the mask is ripped off and it's andrew garfield it's the amazing spider-man from his films the amazing spider-man amazing spider-man 2 who fought lizard and electro they found that peter and so they have a little back and forth and Peter goes, wait a minute, multi-dimension, the multiverse, it's real? And they go like, yeah. And so MJ and Ned have a funny back and forth. MJ starts throwing bread. He goes, how do I really know you're a Peter Parker, you're a Spider-Man? And like, let me see your ID. He's like, I don't really carry ID. It kind of eats the whole purpose of a secret identity. And so he starts climbing on the walls, webbing. And so Ned goes, all right, let me try this again. Let me try to find him. So he tries it again and opens up another portal, but out steps 
Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker, the one from the Sam Raimi films who fought the Goblin, Doc Ock, and Sandman. And there's this amazing moment where the two Spider-Mans before Tom Holland see each other. They talk with Ned, and they go, "We got. I've been actually trying to find your friend for a while. I know he's in trouble, and I want to help. And Andrew goes, yeah, I saw it too. And so they go, was there a place where he would go to clear his head? Mine was the Chrysler building. Andrew goes, mine was the Empire State building. So they kind of bond. And all of a sudden, they find Peter on the roof of his high school. And he's just, he's not okay. And so MJ and Ned try to console him, but he's too distraught about mistakes to even care. And he wants to send, he meets, we get the first time we see of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, and Tom Holland's Spider-Man meeting for the first time. And they try to say it's okay, but Peter's like, you know what, I can't do this. I don't want this, I'm sending you guys home. But... He goes, and so he goes, you guys have no idea what it's like to lose people. And we get this great moment where Toby talks about losing Uncle Ben. Andrew talks about losing Gwen. Peter talks about May the Bond. And Peter, and Tom Holland's Peter Parker says, well, Aunt May, the last thing he said, last thing that Aunt May told me was with great power. And before he can finish, Toby says, comes great responsibility. They bond and they cope and peter realizes that he's not alone in this grief there have been other people and we hear this amazing like more one instance toby mcguire says i found uncle, my uncle's killer i tried to get rid of him and i did i succeeded but it didn't make me feel any better andrew talks about when he lost gwen he stopped pulling his punches he started getting more angry he started you know inflicting more harm and he started getting in this dark dark place so they all bond over this. So now Peter's understands that he's not alone. So then they decide what he planned to do. He's not going to destroy these villains. Maybe the Goblin. We are not sure yet. But we're going to heal all of them. So all three of the Parkers, which is weird to say, but all three of the Parkers, MJ and Ned, retreat to a classroom laboratory in Midtown to create cure for the villains. And so Osborne's, Osborne's Peter Parker introduces an anti-serum for the Goblin, Andrew Garfield's Parker recreates the lizard antidote to return him back to normal. And so Peter, Tom Holland's Peter, prepares the cures for Marco and for Max. Afterwards, Ned brings them to the Statue of Liberty via portal, and he and Jones remain in the lab with the former cheering them up for Elfing Valley. Peter calls in, Tom Holland's Peter calls in the Daily Beagle broadcast message and uses the box as lore while announcing his presence to the Lizard, Electro, and Sandman. And there's this amazing moment where they're making up a plan, and the three of them sit, and they just talk. And, like, Andrew and Tom talk to Toby's about, you know, him having web blood. They don't have web shooters. And, you know, they and Tom asks him, he goes, what was the craziest villain you've ever fought? And Peter goes, well, you met two of them. I also fought an alien from another world with a symbiote, mentioning Bam. Peter talks about, I fought an alien too, not even on Earth, but in space. And Toby goes, can we just talk about the fact you just fought someone in space? And he goes, I'm not cool like you guys. Like, I think the craziest person I ever fought was a giant Russian guy in a rhinoceros, rhinoceros suit. 
And Toby goes, wait a minute, can we go back to the fact, like, you're not cool? I think we need a self-talk here. No, you're cool. You are amazing. Reference to, of course, Andrew Garfield's um, films being called The Amazing Spider-Man. And there was another funny moment where Tom Holland's Peter asked Toby, he goes, listen, when you have the wet blood, like, does it just come out of your wrist or does it come from other places? Just, it's just... That scene, I encourage you guys, if you don't want to watch the movie, just watch that scene. Look it up on YouTube. You'll find out the three of them talking. It's awesome. And so the three Spider-Man attempt. First, they arrive and they swing out into the, the three people. And they're unable to co kind of coordinate effectively. They're like, I've never been part of this or anything like that. Like, I don't know. I've, never, I've always worked on my own. And so Tom Allen goes, listen, I've been a part of the team. They were called the Avengers. We worked together. He goes, great, that's awesome. Good for you. And she would tell me, look at him and go, what the heck are the Avengers? Because their films never took place in like a universe. They were on their own, so they never had the Avengers. And so they, <laughs> Tom Holland's goes, listen, Peter Park, I I'm Peter Parker 1. You're on Peter 1. Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, you're Peter 2. And so Andrew Garfield goes, well, I guess I'm Peter 3. And so they try to they try to engage in cure one at a time. They get rid of Sandman first. Then they get the lizard first. Then then Andrew Garfield's Peter retrieves Flint um Flint Mar not Flint Mark yeah uh Dylan, Marco Dylan's cure passes to Pargo, then lives in Peter two. So now Electro has been neutralized. Actually, no, Sandman's been neutralized first. And so Toby and Flint Marco, who's Sandman, they have this cool little moment. Next, it's up to Max Dillon, who is Electro. Uh, apologies, I'm trying to remember all these. And so they attempt to take the arc reactor from him, but he's too much of his electricity. And we see the first kind of glimpse of his comic book accurate suit, because in the first, in the second film, yeah, in the second film, he was blue for some reason, all this other stuff, but we get his actual gold and like his star. And so he's too much of a match for them because he has increased power from that arc reactor. So now the lizard breaks free and attacks Ned and MJ in the lab, forcing Peter to leave and fight him. But with the help of Ned, Parker forces the lizard to break over the bottle containing an antidote, and he refers back to Dr. Connors. So now we have Flint Marco as Sandman, Dr. Connors. He, they're all cured. Ned accidentally summons Dr. Strange to the battlefield, who, upon seeing Dr. Connors, realizes... Peter's work plan, it's working. So he grabs the Machina and Slinger from Ned as the other two Peters are overpowered by Maxillin, but Otto arrives to extract the arc reactor because now Otto is a good guy. He's not blinded by the inhibitor chip breaking. And so he renders him power powerless with the finished neutralizer. So now Max Dillon is cured and he reconciles with Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, and he has a cool thing. He goes, you know, you seem like a young kid. You're from Brooklyn. Honestly, I thought you were black. <laughs> it's like this funny humor. And Andrew goes, oh, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to let you down. And Mac and Jamie Foxx's character, Max Dillon, Electro, looks at him and goes, I want always wondered if there was going to be a black Spider-Man. Could be hinting at Miles Morales joining the MCU, who is another Spider-Man. But... Then we all of a sudden we get this cool thing where in the neuralizer, Otto grabs it and he says his famous line from the second movie. He goes, "The palm of the, the power of the sun." Before he can do that, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 
comes and finishes the line in the palm of your hand. And the two of them reunite for the first time since the second movies. And they have a cool moment. They reunite. And it's, it's, it's a lot for me. Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man was the one I grew up on. To see those two was awesome. But then Tom Holland's Peter returns to Doctor Strange. And they said, listen, I know you're angry. He's like, I'm not angry. But as he's about to do so, here comes the goblin. And he takes the box. But Otto and Doctor Strange got grab it back. But unbeknownst to them, the goblin snuck a pumpkin bomb inside that object. It detonates and releases the unstable contained spell that Strange tried to contain. And now the breaking, the fabric of the Earth plane, and the multiverse is open and coming. The blast also causes MJ to fall from the Statue of Liberty. So Tom Holland tries to save her, but is knocked aside by the goblin. However, Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker is able to save MJ, making up for the fact of the night in the bell tower in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, where he wasn't able to save Gwen. So he tears up, and MJ goes, are you okay? And he goes, I am now. So now he got his redemption. And as the sun comes up, it's Tom on, and it's the goblin alone. And Peter starts, stops pulling his punches, kind of like Andrew did. And starts beating him down and beating him down. And he takes the glider, opens up the blades, and is going to kill him just like in the first Spider-Man. But he's stopped by Toby. And Toby says, listen, I wanted to do this to him too. But I stopped myself and I did the right thing. But he gets, unfortunately, stabbed in the back by the goblin. And so there's this moment where they're not really going to kill off Tony Maguire, are they? But he also gives Peter... The anti-serum allowed him to cure Oswald from the goblin. So Peter doesn't kill him. He cures him. And so. P Toby's injury. It's in the back. But he goes. Are you okay? You're not going to die are you? He goes. No nah, I've been stabbed before. So it's not fatal. And. So. Norman realizes the damage he's caused. And he's all of this other stuff. But. All of a sudden. Doctor Strange. Calls Peter goes, listen, I can't hold this together. Like, intruders are starting to come from all the places. And we see different people and different figures. I couldn't recognize all of them, but I recognized one was Rhino from the the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. And so, Peter says, listen, I need you to do a new spell. We're going to redo the spell. Make everyone forget who he is, because that's the only way to fix it. Peter embraces, like... I, we need to do this in order to keep this reality clear and keep everybody safe. Which means that everybody, not just a few people, everybody are going to forget him. And so there's this cool moment where Toby and Andrew at Tell Tom's Peter, hey, keep doing this. It's a good thing. And so the three of them hug and it's a cool moment. And so Doctor Strange repairs the roof with a new spell, transports the two Spider-Man, Electro, Doc Ock, Osborne, Sandman, and Dr. Carnes back to their origin universes, along with someone else in the post credit scene that we will that we will um, talk about later. But Peter has this moment with Ned and MJ for a final time, and he promises that we're gonna meet each other again someday, and they'll help and it'll help them remember them. He then departs, and Strange unleashes the spell, leaving the entire world completely oblivious to Peter Parker's existence. A few weeks later, it's now the holidays, and Peter tries to reconnect with his now MIT-bound friends, MJ and Ned, 
But after being reminded of MJ got a couple wounds, she got a couple scars from the battle, he decides not to. He decides to protect them. And he also visits Aunt May's grave to pay his respects to her and is joined by Happy, who is also doesn't recognize who, who he is. And he and Happy kind of bond over, you know, Aunt May's passing, and they go their separate ways. And Peter moves into a new apartment alone and is going to get his GED. But all of a sudden he's alerted by criminal activity on his phone and brings together his first original suit. He had all these crazy new suits from different colors, but now it's a simpler suit. And it's red, it's a simple red and blue. The first time we saw that from his character. And he's honoring Aunt May's mantra of community service and responsibility. And so we get, you know, the, I, there are two, there are two after credit scenes. One is a mid credit scene where we see Eddie Brock from the Venom movies is in this island talking about, you know, Thanos' snap and everything to a bartender. But then he gets snapped back to his original universe like the other villains when Strange put his spell together. But he leaves behind a small remnant of the Venom symbiote in his place. Hinting that we could be getting someone else as Venom as a part of the MCU. Then we get a second after credits scene. And it's the first trailer of Doctor Strange 2, The Multiverse of Madness. And I don't want to get into it because I can't remember a lot from that stuff. But that's the other things. So that is Spider-Man No Way Home. And so some of the things that I want to talk about. The first thing I want to talk about is there were a lot, a lot of you know, nostalgia, you know, you have the, all, mainly you have the two, you know, other Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield's iteration of those, meeting up with Tom Holland's, that's huge, you had Max Murdock's Daredevil being there, Eddie Brock's Venom was in there as well, all these sort of, it was fan service, but it was also, it wasn't too much, one of the things people criticize about Tobey Maguire's last Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man 3, was that there were so many villains, you had the new Goblin, you had Venom, you had Sammy, there were too many. There was not too much in this. It was just right. The other thing too is that this is Tom Holland's best performance in his career as Spider-Man thus far. Um, the emotion that he went through, the grief, the acting, the hilarity, all this other stuff. It was also one of the darkest Spider-Man movies we've seen with all of this death and all this other stuff. Um, we also get, um, I think one of the best performances was William Defoe in his return as Green Goblin. He was amazing in this. Uh, Alfred Molina being back as, um, Doc Ock. Those were the two that were really amazing. And this, this movie hit every chord that you could think of, um, and so I was blown away by this movie. It was absolutely amazing. And it leaves the door open. Do we, this was the last movie that uh, Tom Holland's contract stated um, with Sony and with Marvel. So is he going to return in other Spider-Man movies? We don't know. Um, is somebody else going to take up the mantra 
Um, is he going to return in more of a mentor role? Could we be getting Miles Morales in the Spider-Man movies? We don't know. Um, it also led to some things that we can look forward to in Doctor Strange 2. The multiverse is now a part of it. And with the multiverse of madness coming up, how is that going to work? Um, there are so many things. That may, uh, you know, Zendaya's evolution as MJ from the snarky, you know, pain in the... I wouldn't say pain in the butt, but just snarky, sarcastic person in the first Spider-Man Homecoming. To the snarky, but also a little timid and sweet when she's around Peter in the second movie. To the still snarky, she still had some great lines of sarcasm with Doctor Strange and other people. But the sarcastic, but also loving and caring girlfriend appeared in the third movie. Um... There's also a moment where Ned talks to Tobey Maguire's um, Spider-Man and says, Did you have a best friend? He goes, I did. Um, we were best friends for a long time. Then I accidentally killed his father. He got mad at me. He tried to attack me. Tried to kill me. But then he risked his life to save me, and now he's dead. And Ned goes, Yeah, it's a little bit much. And so Ned looks at Tom Holland's Peter Parker and goes, Listen, I will never turn on you, okay? But is it hinting? Because in the comics... Ned, um, Ned Leeds is his full name. Um, Ned Leeds in the comics becomes not the Green Goblin, but the Hobgoblin, another villain. So could we be seeing Ned become the Hobgoblin? The also thing is, you know, Eddie Brock leaving behind a bit of symbiote. Could we be getting Venom in a future MCU film? There are so many things in this movie that are so cool. And I know I went spoiler review, and those of you who stuck around probably still watch it, or some of you... The Instagram was said, I haven't watched it, but now here in sports, I want to see it with my own eyes. I encourage you guys to go see this. This is an amazing, an amazing movie. Um, where characters from the past are brought in, but not brought in for, you know, the wrong reasons. Um, yes, we had Tommy McGuire's Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Yes, we had their villains in there as well. Um, but this was not taking over from the fact that this is Tom Holland's movie. This is Tom Holland's Peter Parker's story. This is his best performance. They were just brought in as part of the story, but this is his main performance. So that is it. That is my review and reaction to Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I will be doing, um, whenever I see good movie reviews or good TV shows or anything like that, I will be doing this as part of podcasts as long as other things. Um... I encourage you guys to look forward to future episodes in the future. Um, my next episode will be my first episode with a guest. I will have my new roommate slash my sister's amazing boyfriend, Andrew Karen DiPietro, on as we talk about our relationship from, you know, unknowing and my sister's boyfriend to becoming friends to then becoming roommates and all this other stuff. And we'll be looking at our journeys through that. Um, I will be talking about my jobs, you know, my college experiences, all this other stuff. So I encourage you guys, stick around and make sure you subscribe. Look for the Wonderful World of Wall Street podcast on Spotify. I will try to bring it out to other platforms as well. Um, and again, if you want to stay up to date on when new episodes are dropping, follow the podcast on Instagram at at, even the at sign with the A with the circle around it, at www. O-W-P-O-D. That's W-W-O-W-Pod on Instagram. And until next time, I want you guys to stay safe, 
stay healthy, and make sure you come back and visit us again here at the wonderful world of Walshy. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web, any size, catches seeds, just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man.